welcome today to the Doral Vineyard. And as you can see, we are celebrating. We, this is not our normal setup. We usually don't have tables when we have Sunday service, but today's a special Sunday. We're celebrating a couple things. One of them, one of the things that you can see from the different color table mats and the school supplies on the table, uh, we're celebrating back to school. How many are glad that school is back in session? A few people. How many parents are glad that school's back in session? Yeah, I know I am because I don't have to watch my kids anymore. So it's great. Um, uh, and so we're celebrating back to school, but we're also celebrating that Doral Vineyard is 14 years old this month. Can we like get a little loud? Yeah. <laughs> Yay! And so we're celebrating that because oh, we celebrated it last week a little bit. We, we did a little, a little cheer in, in light of preseason football. We're not going to do that today. But we're celebrating with our potluck. We're celebrating our birthday that we're 14 years old today. We're all this month. We're celebrating all month long. So we're super excited. We got a really cool cake that was brought in. I would love for you guys to check it out. It's, it's pretty sweet. We got a lot of food. We're celebrating today. It's going to be a lot of fun. So um, I'm not going to go very long today because I smell that food over there and it smells awesome. Um, but I, I do want to take a moment because as we, we think about our 14 years of existence, I want to take a moment. The Bible calls it Selah. And what that means is basically to pause. And so we are Selah, Selahin today. We're taking a moment and we're pausing and we're looking at who we are as a Doral Vineyard family. And we're looking at where are we going as a Doral Vineyard family. And I'm super excited today to talk about this. Last week, we, we kicked off a brand new series that we're calling We Are. We Are. And so what we're doing every single week is that we are finishing that phrase with who we are. And so last week, we talked about that we are a people of big faith. How many of you guys remember that? Last week, we talked a little bit about that. Some of you remember. Yeah, and so we're, we're in that series. So if you have your Bibles today, I want to encourage you to uh, open them up to the book of Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, and we're going to look at verse 28. You guys ready? All right, I'm going to tell you what the title of the talk today is. The title of our talk, we're going to finish the phrase this week with the title, and the title is, We Are people who serve. We are people who serve. So Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Why don't we all read it together? You guys ready? Let's read it together. Jesus said this, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yes, did not come to be served, but to, to serve. And this made me think of one of my favorite TV shows, Seinfeld. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Seinfeld, but there is this one uh, episode in Seinfeld that it's known as the Soup Nazi. Some of you guys may have heard about this. And wh what's interesting is that the Soup Nazi doesn't quite get the truth of this scripture, the idea of actually coming to serve, not to actually be served himself. And, you know, it's, a, it's hyperbole, it's hyperbolic right? It's an exaggeration, but isn't it true of how that is many times how people are? They think that it's about them. It's even though they're serving, the reality is they're acting as if it's more about them than it is about the people that they serve. And the scriptures actually relate 
a story similar to that in John chapter 4 that I want to read together today. And it's John chapter 4, and this is, the, the setting is right after Jesus had gone to the well and, and given, um, encountered this woman and offered her some living water. And, and the disciples, they were concerned about Jesus' state. And so they were like, he must be hungry. Let's go help him out. And so here we go, verse 31. The disciples urged him. This is talking about Jesus. They said, Rabbi, eat something. And let me just pause there real quick. I have been on a, um, I don't know how long now, but I've been on a fast um, for a few weeks now. And um, it's so amazing how every, like now, every time I read scripture, like anything to do with food just like jumps out at me. I'm like reading about food, 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 food. And I'm like thinking, man, I decided to do, and I invited everybody in the church as well, I don't know if you know, to do a fast as well. And I was like, wow, decided to do a fast on the time we're gonna do a potluck. What was I thinking? You know, why did we do a fast on the potluck Sunday? But I, I just wanna let you know, I'm fasting from meat. So I still can eat, but in case I don't eat, uh, something that you cook that has meat in it, now you know why. It's not that I don't like your food. On the contrary, my dear Watson, I am a foodie. I love food, and I would love to eat your food, but I'm trying to be obedient. So if you see me in the line grabbing a piece of chicken or something, um, just kindly remind me, Pastor Abdi, because sometimes I forget, you're, you're, you're supposed to be fasting, you know? And I'll say, thank you. I hate you. I mean, God bless you. Thanks for reminding me. I'm, I'm on a fast, but we're fasting till the end of the month. If you haven't jumped in on that, we want to welcome and invite you to fast as well. You can fast from anything you want. I want to encourage you to fast something that has to do with nutrition, though. Uh, but I hope that it blesses you as you fast. We're just going to see what God does. But let's get back to the scripture. You ready? But here are the disciples. Here the, he says, they say, Rabbi, are you going to eat anything? Look at verse 31. Uh, yeah, eat something in verse 32. But Jesus, he said to his disciples, he said, I have food to eat that you have nothing, that you, I'm sorry, know nothing about. And so they're saying, look, we're worried about you, Jesus. You haven't eaten anything. We want you to eat something. It's like time to eat. And, and Jesus is trying to tell him, no, 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 you don't get it. I, I have, there, there's something else that fills me. I know you're thinking about serving me, but that's not what I want right now. Uh, I have something, he says, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Verse 33. Then his disciples, they said to each other, well, could someone have brought him something to eat? Like they're wondering, did somebody give him a happy meal or something? Like when we weren't looking, like why is he not hungry? They, they weren't getting it. And, and Jesus is saying, no, 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 I don't need that, right? I, I don't know, Jesus probably wouldn't have eaten a happy meal. It, did they give him some carrots and hummus? Because I'm imagining he was probably a healthy eater. But there it is, food again. But verse 34 says, that, uh, it's, it's really powerful. Jesus says this, he says, my food is to do what? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me. And to what, you guys? And to finish his work. My food, my nourishment is to do something else. I know that you want it to be about me being served, but that's not what, what, what I'm about. So the disciples were trying to serve Jesus what they thought he needed, but what they didn't understand that Jesus' Jesus's need is something completely different. When everyone else thinks that Jesus should be served, he goes ahead and teaches a whole nother lesson, something way bigger. He says, instead of me trying to be served some food, he says, let me explain what really fills me. What really fills me is to fill others. 
to fill others. What nourishes me is to pour into the lives of others, to do the work of God and to finish his work, the task that he sent me to do. I have food that you know nothing about. What fills me is doing the work of God and ministering to others. In other words, not to be served, but to serve. And what's interesting to me is that, is that the disciples were all concerned about consuming, 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 consuming. We gotta get served. We gotta eat. We're hungry. We gotta eat. Jesus has gotta eat. He's hungry. They were consumed about themselves. We need to eat something. And Jesus wasn't concerned with consuming. On the contrary, he was concerned with contributing. When he contributed into the lives of others, that actually nourished him in a way that, that nothing else could nourish him. And that nature, that, that goes against our human nature of nourishing others. It goes against what we believe, the core of who we are. And the reality is in our world today, you guys, our world today, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm just a good person. We're, we're, we're just, we're good people. But that's not the truth. The truth is that our nature is very self-centered. It's very selfish. And if you don't believe me, you just have to grab a two-year-old and, and ask them, what are the words that come out of their mouth? I mean, we never have to teach a two-year-old to be selfish, right? You never have to go, all right, we're going to come over and give you a lesson on, on being, like, th- teaching you how to be selfish, right? We're going to teach you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a toy, and then in a minute I'm going to take that toy away from you, and when I do, I want you to scream at the top of your lungs and throw a fit as, you know, loud and demonstrative as you can and yell what, you guys? Mine! Isn't it interesting we never have to teach a child to do that? They just learn it. Why? Because it's in their nature. It's just who, the way we are built, the way we are. Uh, um, um, we're, just, we're just like that. We're just, you know, we're, 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 we're always thinking about ourselves. I heard someone say, well, pray for me, Pastor Abdi, because I have a 20-year-old that still thinks that way. So he's still trying to teach how not to be selfish. By nature, we are self-centered and selfish in every single way. And Jesus is actually calling us to something higher, a higher calling than just thinking about me. I want to contribute, Jesus is saying, into the lives of others. Growing up, if you've ever enjoyed this restaurant, enjoyed fast food, um, a fast food hamburger, when I was growing up, we had this standard burger that would always come. You would go into this one particular restaurant, and when you ordered their hamburger, you'd always get two beef patties, special sauce, Onions, lettuce, ma- no cheese on a sesame seed bun, and pickles. Two all beef patties. Let's do it again. Special sauce, lettuce, pickles, cheese, pickles, onions on sesame seed bun. What am I talking about? McDonald's and the the Big Mac. Yes, I brought I brought a little. Stop by McDonald's this morning. And I didn't get a Big Mac, but I got, I got a little bag. The Golden Arches. And, you know, something interesting about the Golden Arches, a guy that made Mickey D's famous, we call it Mickey D's, I call it Mickey D's, anyway, um, Ray Kroc, he, he developed a system, he streamlined this method of consistency that it didn't matter which restaurant you went to across the United States, you would always get the same, ex- if you ordered a Big Mac, you were going to get this, Right? 
Help me out. One more time. Two beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, onions, cheese, pickles on a sesame seed bun. Always, no matter where. And it always tasted the same. Until something very interesting happened. What happened? Something called competition. Competition happened. And to give them a little bit of run for their money, they said, you know what? We're going to do things differently. We're not just going to always give you the same sandwich every single time. As a matter of fact, if you don't like it, you don't have to have it. This restaurant came around, and what are they called? Yeah. And what did they say in 1973? They started with this phrase, this this slogan, and they called it, have it what? Have it your way. You don't want pickles? Not a problem. That won't rattle us. You don't want mustard? You're a mustard guy? Because their burgers came a little different, right? You guys may know. You get the burger. If you wanted cheese, it came with cheese. Then it came with four pickles, ketchup and mustard. And I used to work there. I knew about that. Right? And so, so, but if you didn't want pickles, no problem. You don't want, you don't want onions, no problem. You don't want, a, you, you don't want a, a meat in it, no problem. Whatever you want, it's not going to rattle us. You can have it your way. And this concept started spreading all over our nation. And actually, it, it's, it's known as the consumer mindset, where people started thinking, you know what? I can have it my way because it's all about me. It's what I want. It's not what anyone else wants. It's what I want. And so I I heard someone say this. uh, A company said this, and I want to read it. It says, a company will promote their quality, their value, their style, their service, their, their selection, their convenience, their savings, their performance, their experience, their low rates, their friendly service, their name brands, their easy terms, their affordable prices, their, their, um, their money back guarantee, their free translation, their free admission, their free, um, installation, their free, um, delivery, their free alterations, free estimates, free home trials, free parking, no cash. What do they say? No problem, right? No, no problem. No, no kidding. No fuss. No must. No risk. No obligation. No red tape. No down payment necessary. No one will call you. No payments until September or January, right? And, and don't forget to pick up your free gift of a classy deluxe right? Custom design, high quality, premium, one-of-a-kind pencil holder, which is absolutely free for you at no purchase necessary. Why? Because you are that important to us. You're that important to us, right? Have it your way. No lettuce, no problem. No pickles, no fuss. It's not going to rattle us. It's about me. It's about what I want. It's about me being served. It's about me. It's about what I want, and I want to have it my way. And tragically, you guys, this mindset, this consumeristic mindset has bled into the local church. It's bled into the local church. And so we have in the local church this, this, this phrase that goes around, and I've heard it frequently, and it says that I am, they, they say, church shopping. I'm church shopping. I'm, I'm looking for a church that will meet my needs. And most of the time, they'll tell me, look, I've gone to church after church after church, and I can't find one that meets. I've gone to seven, I heard someone tell, I, heard, I, I went to 79 different churches, and I couldn't find a church that met my needs, because it's all about me. It's all about what I want. I just can't find a church that meets our needs. 
We're looking for a church, but we just can't find one. You know, John F. Kennedy has a famous quote in his inaugural address uh, when, he, when he got voted in. John F. Kennedy, he had this quote, and it was what? Ask not what your, you can help me out, your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And I would say to us here as a Doral Vineyard family, ask not what the Doral Vineyard family could do for you, but what you as a Doral Vineyard family can do to serve others. Why? Because we understand that the church does not exist for us, but we are the church and we exist for the world. And that statement changes everything. And I would love for us to say that. It's going to come up on the big screen behind me, this next statement. If we would all say this aloud, what are we, you guys? We are a people who serve because saved people serve people. Can you put up the next slide, this next phrase also? Why, why, do, we, why do we serve others? Because we understand that the church does not exist for us. Who are we? We are the church, and we exist to serve the world. We are spiritual contributors. Our food is something that many people don't understand. It is to do the work and the will of God. And, and, and that nourishes us because the church does not exist for us. But if we're a follower of Jesus, we recognize that the church, that we are, that we are, DV, we are, we did that last, last Sunday. I loved it, by the way. That was awesome. But we exist to bring the light and the love of Jesus into the world. And so what I want to do now, like we did last week and for the next couple of weeks, is I want us to do something, and that is I, I want you to rate yourself on a scale, all right, uh, um, from one to ten, one being on the lower end of the scale and ten being on the higher end of the scale, all right? And I want you to, to rate yourself on that card where you have notes. You can write it down, all right? So one is on this side, ten is all the way over here, Okay. Uh, but I, I just want to give you a, a heads up. I don't want anybody to write down the number 10 because unless you, saved, you, you died to save the sins of humanity and you rose again, um, you're not a 10. I just want to just give you a heads up. So, and if you think you're Jesus, just ask anybody, like three people next to you, am I Jesus? And watch what they'll say. I think they'll let you in on that. So nobody write number 10, all right? And so let me help you before, I want you to think about it and write a number down on a scale of one to 10. And I want to help you figure this out. Let's say, for example, one of us walked in today and we went to where, um, the kids' church is, and we have someone that is serving us watching our child, right? And then we came back and we got some coffee, some coffee for free, right? Or we grabbed a bottle of water that's out in the lobby or a cup of water. And, and, and so it's not something that we paid for, it's not something we gave, but, you know, we, we came in and we sat down in a chair that we didn't purchase, and we're sitting in a building and getting cool air that we didn't pay for, right? And we're sitting in this building that we didn't pay for either, right? Because somebody's got to pay for that, right? So we're, we're sitting here, and we've never given in any type of offering or, or generosity whatsoever. I would say you would probably in the lower end of this spectrum, maybe on the two, Personally, I think number one, but we're giving grace. Uh, Jesus is here. We're going to give grace to gay. So write two if you want. But we're just going to call it what it is. We've only benefited, but we've given nothing back, all right? Now, let's say you've come on a Wednesday night 
or you, you, when we did a couple weeks ago the teacher supply drive and you gave some finances out to help this drive out, you've contributed financially a little bit every now and then. When the Spirit moves upon you, you're like, all right, I'll give a little bit here and there. I would suggest putting something like a four or a five. You can decide, okay? Now, some of us, quite honestly, we are, we are, we're going to be up there. We're going to be like in the eight or the nine. We're here every time the doors open and we're serving some of us in two or three different places, right? And we're praying daily for the leaders and for God's work in the church and we're bringing people all the time. We're involved in serving our city in some capacity to serve our world. And we literally, we do it, uh, you know, we do all that and we have the t-shirt. Like, I'm not joking. We really do have the t-shirt. We have a guy who has a t-shirt right now. If you would stand, Maurinho. That's what the t-shirt looks like, in case you don't know. Keep standing, keep standing, and show everybody. It has DV on the front. Turn around on the back. What's the back say? Yes, our back has our mission. We love God, love others, and serve the world. So that's, I'm literally saying you have the t-shirt, right? You really do, right? So you do, you're up on the high, but even if you don't have the t-shirt, you really don't have the t-shirt, but you totally believe that we are, we are the church, and we're serving our city, and we're representing God. If that's you, then go ahead and put an eight or a nine. Tell the truth, it's okay, it can be pretty high, all right? You're not a 10, right? Nobody's a 10, but you're up there, you're up there. And so what I want to do right now is I, I, I want to see everybody writing a number down somewhere. You can write it on your phone, write it on your tablet, write it on the car, wherever you want. Don't look at me, I don't want to even feel like you're looking at me or on the screen, right? Write a number down and just call it, call it what it is. Call it what it is. And I, I want to just say that if you find yourselves like in the six or the lower end of the spectrum, I just want to say that this message today is designed for you, okay? This is, this is specifically tailor-made just for you. And I, I'm going to give you two easy-to-remember points about serving. Two easy-to-remember points. The first one, if you're taking notes, is very simply this. I want, and I want all of us, who are followers of Jesus, to understand this, that that we are a people who serve in his church. We are a people who serve in his church. God calls us. If we're a follower of Jesus, we are gifted and called and set apart to use our gifts, what we have, our talents, to make a difference in this world. And the challenge with this is that is that in our world today, and I'm going to take this off because I have nothing more to say about Burger King today, but in our world today, there's this mindset that has gone around that the church is a building. It's like these four walls. This is church, right? But, but the truth is that church has never been a building. It never has been a building. The church is the people. The church is the people, God's people. We don't go to church, you guys. We what? We are the church. And we may use that terminology loosely and innocently, right? We may say, oh, I'm going to church. All right, yes, but technically, you are the church. Understand, it is not a building. We are the church, and we are here for the world. And just a little history on where this comes from, this idea of, of how this came about, calling the building the church. Because people have asked me, well, if we are the church, why, why, why do people, you know, they think the church, look at it as a building? Well, what happened was, uh, may not rec- some people may not recognize this, but what happened was that but in, when, at the beginning, there was no, nobody owned buildings. People that were fathers of Jesus never owned a building. 
never were able to gather publicly until about 313 AD. 313 AD, Constantine came and he made it legal for Christianity to be around. He legalized Christianity. But before 313, literally in the fourth century, after the birth of Christ, before that time, people couldn't own property. It was not legal to gather publicly to worship Christ because it would be considered illegal and your life, you were generally persecuted for it. And it still happens today in some countries like Cuba, all right? And also, gathering, couldn't, you couldn't legally do that. You couldn't own property. It wasn't legal. But I believe it's a good thing. I really do believe it's a good thing for churches to own land and to own property and to have buildings because here we can gather legally. We can congregate and build the church and release the church into the world to make a difference. But before that, people would not, they they would not even have called the church a building. It wasn't like that. It was totally and completely the people. The people were the church. So we do not go to church. Technically, we are the church, and we're here for the world. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. He said this in verse 14 and 15. Jesus said this to, to those who were followers of Jesus. He said, you are what? Let's all say it aloud. You are the one, two, three. Wait, 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 wait. Uh... Right up here. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three. You are the... Okay, good. That was good. That was good. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Your light shines into the darkness. Verse 14. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, he's talking about Jesus' followers. Let your light shine before others that they may see your what? That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine into all the world and that they may see your good deeds, that they may see that you are committed to Christ, that they may see that you are different, that they may see that you care about people, that they may see that you are engaged, that they may see that you are loving them, as they may, that, that they may see your good deeds. Now, make no mistakes about it. The scriptures teach us very clearly that we are saved by grace through faith, not by works. By grace alone, the scripture says. We're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. We're not saved by good works, but we as followers of Jesus, we're saved to make a difference in the lives of others. We are saved to be the light of the world. Let them see our good deeds. In fact, I want to tell you about three people in our church today. These are amazing people that God is using because they simply caught the vision of serving. And the first person I want to tell you about is Christina, who's right there serving as we speak. <laughs> she is a young lady, a uh, student at the University of Miami, and she, she's been coming uh, for a few months. Just kidding. That's a running joke we have. She's been coming since Easter of 2017. So a year, more than a year and a half, almost a year and a half, right? She's been coming, and let me tell you, I can count on my hand how many Sundays she's missed. That's like over 66 Sundays she's been back to back to back, 
right? She came, a friend invited her to come to church. She came, she got baptized. Not only did she get baptized, she, she said, you know what, I'm not just gonna come here and sit down, I'm gonna get involved. And so she's up here singing Sunday after Sunday. And not only does she sing with her, and blesses us with her beautiful voice, right? Can I get it? Like, say amen, right? Yeah, not only she blesses with her beautiful voice and her talent, but she's, she's one of the first people to get here on Sunday mornings. She, she, sometimes she beats, I had to give her a key finally. She was getting here so early. I was like, look, here, you're, you're beating me here on Sunday morning. She was here because she's like, you know what? I want, I care about this place. I want, I know that you only get one opportunity to make a first impression and I want to make sure that, that this place looks good for when people get here, when the, you know, new guests get here and they don't know what to expect. They want, we want to, I'll, I'll brew the coffee. She brews the coffee. I'll change the garbage bags. She'll change the garbage bag. She'll do whatever, as you can see right here. She'll do whatever it takes because she gets it that she is the church. She gets it that she, she is the church. She, she's like, this fills me up. I'm not here to be served. I'm here to serve. I want to tell you about somebody else. Ayube in the back, the man behind the wall. Many of you don't know Ayube, but Ayube is an amazingly talented individual. He's a sound engineer, he's a writer, he's a performer, he's a music producer, he's, he's so many things. He's creative, and he's another one. Hasn't missed many Sundays. He was recently traveling this summer in Orlando and Jacksonville and Atlanta visiting family, um, which, by the way, Today, I just heard that today is actually his last Sunday with us, which we're totally bummed about. Uh, his wife, his beautiful family, his wife got a job transfer up in Jacksonville, so he's going to be leaving us. He's going to be moving up to Jacksonville and, and be there, but we love you. We miss you, and even though nobody ever, you know, people may, people may not notice it. God notices what you do, and it's pretty awesome, and God's reward is for you, and you are an amazing guy, and I want to tell you, he's, yes, yes. Yes. Since I started here, he has rarely missed a Sunday. I remember there was one, one, everybody say one, one Sunday that he missed. And it was last year at this time, around September, when Hurricane Irma hit us. And he actually texted me that Sunday and said, are we having service today? And I didn't see my phone till after the service. But had I seen that, he would have been here too. He wouldn't have missed any. It's just amazing. We, we really do thank you, Ayube. It's, it's amazing how you have been so faithful and so consistent. And so God bless you. And the greatest are actually those who serve. And so we bless you today. I want to tell you about Olga, who's here today as well. I saw her. Where is she? Right there in the red. Olga, can you wave at everybody as well? Olga is another one who serves here, who does the behind-the-scene things. Olga is, not, is one of our intercessors. She gets here super early in the morning, and she's praying for you. She's praying for me. She's been, a, uh, for our family, just such a blessing. I know on a personal level, but as a, as a church, she's been a blessing as well. And we love you, Olga, and we thank you for everything you're doing as you bless us. Why are these people so different, you guys? Why are these people so different? What, what is it about them? They're so fired up about wanting to do this because they understand that we don't go to church. We don't go to church. We are the church. We're not spiritual consumers. 
These people, they're spiritual contributors. They they understand that God has called them to make a difference. And I just want to say this, for those of us that are Jesus followers, God wants to use us in the church. God wants every person to be active, making a difference in the church. There is something for every person to do. Abdiela talked about small groups. Let me draw your attention to that just for a moment. We have small groups happening. We're kicking them off the day after, the week after Labor Day. And I just want to encourage you, if you want to get involved, you're, I'm not really sure. Small groups is a great way to get involved. You can help us. And if you want, that Connect card that Abdiela also mentioned earlier, fill that out for us. On the back, there's a little box. It says Response Box. Write SG for small group. SG on it. Drop it in the boxes and they'll come around when they come around later and that'll get us, that'll get to us and we can reach out to you and help you with getting plugged in and serving in some capacity. But the bottom line is this, you guys. If we're not doing anything in the church, then there is something that God wants to be done that is not getting done. God wants his church to be full of people that are not, what about me? I want to have it my way. I want to be served. God wants his church to be full on making a difference in the lives of others. And God has called us, if we're followers of Jesus, to serve in the church, to make a difference. So thought number one is that, we, that God calls us to serve in his church. Thought number two is that God calls us to serve as the church. And this is so important. Not only do we serve in his church, so important, but we also serve as the church in the world. And why don't we just ask ourselves the question, in the past seven days, how many people would know that by the way we lived, that there's something different about us? That it's not all about us, that we're not, we're, we're, we're not about just getting, 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 but we're giving and we're serving and making a difference. We're listening to people. We're like truly listening to people and we're engaged in their lives and, and, and even people who are not Jesus followers and we're listening to them and, and, and they can see our good works that they may intri- it might intrigue them and draw them in and they start saying, what's different about you? Why are you so into my life? Why do you care so much about me? What is it? Why are you so involved in my life? I can't believe you're so involved. I, I can't believe you, you gave something to me. You didn't have to do that. You just gave me something. That's, wow, you're loving me. You're not judging me, right? And you seem to care so much. And you care even more than anyone else I know. Why is that about you? That they might see who we are. And then we can share the hope that we have. And so for the past few weeks, you guys, we were collecting the, for the teacher supply drive. We were collecting school supplies to serve teachers at Ronald Reagan High School. We live here in Doral. Church is in Doral, and there's the local high school. It's called Ronald Reagan High School. And I, I know I mentioned it, or it was mentioned here briefly last week, but there, th- this is a great example of serving our city and serving the world. And so last week, about eight days ago, we went to Ronald Reagan High School, a team of us, and we brought all these supplies for 160 teachers, and we got to meet all of them. They were at a meeting right before school started. Uh, that Friday, before school started, they were at an all-day meeting, and we met them early in the morning, and we gave them all these school supplies, these, these, these school supplies to the teachers. And let me tell you some of their reactions. The, the way they responded was like how my four and my six-year-old, they respond, they say, golden. Their responses were golden. It was amazing. They said things like, a church is doing this? Why? 
These supplies are not cheap. We gave them really quality stuff. So I'm proud of you guys for, for doing that. Absolutely, we gave them quality stuff. They said things like, I can't believe a church is doing this. So, you know, not only did we give them supplies, we also provided a little love note with every single supply that we gave them. A little love note that said, you matter. What you do matters. And we're praying for you. And so not all of them, but some of the teachers were just blown away by what we did. Look at what Psalm 96 verse 3 says. I will declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. We're we're not only called to serve in the church, we're called to serve as the church. We love God, we love others, and we serve the world. Does that sound familiar? It's our mission statement. It's what we live. This is the hill that we decide we're going to bleed on. That we love God, that we love others, and we serve the world. And I want to tell you about three people from our church that are doing this as well. And it's so cool. It's so cool. We have Claudio in the back. Claudio, would you wave to us over there? Claudio in the red shirt. He's being a mentor in Ronald Reagan High School. He's connecting with the football team and the wrestling team. And he's providing a need that these students have a need that somebody actually cares about them, wants to hear about them. And and this is a young man who's in process, but he's taking the gospel into his neighborhood and making a difference. And I praise God that Claudio is serving as the church. I want to tell you about Adriana, the one behind the door over there. Would you wave at us? That's Adriana. She's serving in the kids' church right there. We're good, we're good, Vima. She's right there. I want to tell you about her. She is a mom. She's married She has a full-on life, okay? She's so busy, and yet what she does is she takes a mission trip. For the past three years, right, she's gone to Colombia. She's led a team to Albejoral, Colombia, and she she takes her family with her. She takes her friends. Some of them are here. Would you guys wave? That's her husband. That's her daughter. That's her friend, Alan, who's here. (laughs) That's the mom, right? And so she takes a team. Her sister goes as well. She takes a team to Colombia. She does all the logistics. She figures out the flights, the transportation, the food, where they stay at. She figures it all out. And throughout the year, she collects all these resources. And she collects umbrellas. She collects a bunch of stuff. You'd be surprised how, what a need umbrellas are. In this, in this city, in this small town. And she goes and she collects and she sends it and she brings it and she's a huge blessing to this country. The people that go on her team, hugely blessed. The people that she serves, even blessed deeper. It's amazing what they do and what she does. And she's a blessing here. God bless you. Yes, absolutely. Let's give her another hand. We are the church, you guys. We are the church. Another lady that's not here today is Raina. Raina Martin. I don't know if you know who she is, but she does this. She started a ministry that's called the Fishing Rod Ministry. The Fishing Rod Ministry. And Raina, she, she does this, this incredible thing where she serves in Cuba. She serves people, pastors, leaders, followers. She's actually serving to plant churches in Cuba. It's amazing. Amazing. And I believe that there's going to be people that are going to rally around her and rally around all these people, Adriana and Claudio, and they're going to rally around and get involved in what they're doing and even people who are going to start their own ministries. Because you see, in my mind, I have a vision. I have a vision that we're not going to be people who want to be served. We're going to be people 
who want to serve. I have a vision for our church that is greater than what we are at this moment and what we see today. I have a vision for a church that loves others more than we have been loved. I have a vision for people who serve others more than, than have been served. I have a vision for a church that gives more than we have received. I have a vision for a group of people who are so overwhelmed with the love of God that we accept people right where they're at and we love them and point them to a Jesus who will forgive and heal and make them new. You see, I have a vision for a church where every single person in the body of Christ see themselves as part in the body of Christ and, and, and they're gonna not just come and just consume, consume, consume all the time, but they're gonna recognize that we are his church and I've got gifts and I've got a calling and I've got abilities and talents and I cannot, after all God has done for me, simply be a consumer. There is something so much better. I have food that nourishes me, that fills me like nothing else. Not, serve, not, not to be served in the church, but to serve as the church and to serve as the church in the world. To serve, that our church would not be, that if our church was, would not be in this city, people would say, what happened to that church? They, they were doing so much good for the people around us. I miss them. Maybe they didn't believe in Jesus, but they saw what Jesus had done in us, and they couldn't deny the change that had happened in our lives. We do believe God has called us to something more than a consumeristic, uh, a self-centered mindset. We are the church, and we exist to serve the world. So who are we? Would you say it with me, you guys? Would you say it with me? We are a people, it's gonna come up on the big screen behind me. We are a people who serve because saved people serve people. Would you bow your heads and let me pray with you? Father, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would stir hearts within your church today. God, that years from now, there would be ministries born and lives changed because your Holy Spirit did something in the hearts of your church today. And God, we, we fight against the have it your way and a church that meets my needs mindset. God, we recognize that Jesus did everything possible for us on the cross and our only reasonable response to his grace is to give our gifts back. I pray that you would stir people today to use what you've given them to serve in the church. Stir people today to use what you've given them as the church, the light of the world, drawing people to know you.